0: Welcome to the all-in-one podcast for middle school language arts teachers. I'm Linda and I've been a teacher for over 30 years. I can help you with tips, tricks, and motivation that will simplify your planning, streamline your teaching, and enjoy more free time. Well, hey there, it's Linda. I hope that all is going well in your world and that if you are listening in real time, it's October and that you're off to a good start and not feeling super stressed out yet. Um, I know these beginning days are so, so tough in the middle school classroom, but I am so excited to continue with our mini-series and to finish our mini-series on reading workshop. So maybe it's your first job, or maybe you are a veteran teacher who has been told to teach with this model. Either way, you are in the right place. I'm hopeful that through my many, many years of experience that this podcast series will help guide and inspire you to either get started with the reading workshop model of instruction or to hone your skills further. So there are seven other podcasts in this series ranging from why a reading workshop model is good for you and how to get started, how to create your mini lessons, getting kids into book clubs and conferencing and reader's notebooks. So if you haven't listened to the previous podcasts yet, you might want to start there. I also want to mention here that there are many people who hear the term reading workshop and they see it as something that is too vague or only for students who are at grade level with their reading, please know that I have used Lucy Calkins units of study, but I modified them completely to be more skills-based and practical. So I hear you, but know that what I'm going to be speaking about is something that can be implemented for any level of student And it is not just a series of fabulous lessons to engage high-level readers, okay? Um, Before we dive in to today's podcast, I want to make sure that you know I will always mention at least one freebie, and I will be mentioning some products that might be helpful to you as well. Um, You definitely want to grab them because, especially the freebies, they will get you onto my email list. You will be able to grab any future freebies that I create because I send them that way. And if I have a a new product or sometimes I just have different types of sales, you'll be the first to know. Okay, so be sure to check that out in the show notes. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about assessing reading workshop. So you might have started reading workshop and you are probably, hopefully, if you've been listening, you're rocking and rolling on your mini lessons and your kids are in book clubs and they're discussing and you're praying that you're thinking, wow, this is amazing. And then it occurs to you that, you know what, I need to grade these kids so that I have a grade for them. And that's kind of where your bubble might feel like it's bursting. But don't fear because we have some very simple and straightforward solutions for you today. So and by we, I mean me. It's, it's just me here. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about grading reading notebooks and other activities. We're going to talk about grading group discussions. We're going to talk about how to grade, give a final assessment grade for your reading workshop unit. We'll talk about cold read assessments, writing pieces, and choice boards. Okay, so let's get started by talking about grading reading notebooks. So if you're doing Reading Workshop, you're going to want your students to work in a Reader's Notebooks. And I did, like I said, a whole podcast on Reader's Notebooks, so be sure to give that a listen if you haven't yet. But basically, a Reader's Notebook is a place for students to house their notes and to complete entries on their reading. It can be digital or an actual notebook. I use a combination of both. And I'm going to link a freebie in the show notes that has a bunch of readers notebooks, notes and activities. So be sure to grab that. So do you grade the notebook? I say yes. It is so difficult to motivate middle school age kids if they don't think that it counts. So with that said, I would develop a very loose system because you do not want to drive yourself crazy and you don't want to take the joy of reading workshop away from your kids. So with a printable notebook, what I would do if I assign an entry, maybe the entry was to read X amount of pages and to jot down a character trait with some text evidence. What I'll do is I'll go around when they're when they're all off and working and I'll ask them to show me and I'll give them a the score sometimes between one and three or one and five um, while I'm conferencing. And I'd like to do it right then and there because I really don't like to perseverate on this and overthink it. And I definitely do not think you need to go over every bit of mechanical error in a reader's notebook. Okay, so for to get a good score on that activity. My students know that it needs to be turned in on time. They have to do what the assignment says by following any and all instructions and to put in effort. And we all know that you know we know what our students are capable of doing at this point and we can see when they've put in no effort. So that can just be something that you do on the fly and do quickly. Um, I would tell them too that I would like to see minimal mechanical errors, like definitely capitalizing things like the word I and the title of the book and things like that. And you can do something very similar with a digital notebook as you're conferencing. You can open up the student's work on your end and you can tell them, listen, this is a score of, of, of three out of five. I, I see that you didn't follow all the directions. You were very minimal in your description and I told you to write in three to five sentences. So this is your score. And I try to pop it in right then and there. Do I always succeed? No, but I do try because the grading, as you know, is can be really a nightmare in middle school as a language arts teacher. Um, I also like to give them examples of high quality work so they know what I'm expecting and I've done this by kind of curating different pieces of student work over the years and it's something that I would recommend you start doing. Uh, My readers notebooks count in a lower category for their overall grade. I, I weight obviously like probably all of you do. We have final assessments, they would be weighted the highest and things like homework would be the least amount and then somewhere in between there would be a reader's notebook. Okay, so you want to give that some thought as to how much you want to weight it. All right, a, a hallmark of reading workshop is having kids work in book clubs and part of that work is discussion. and. I've d- I did that whole podcast on book clubs, so if you are unclear, you definitely want to give that a listen, okay? Even if you can't get kids in book clubs reading the same book because you don't have multiple copies, you can still put kids into groups to discuss. So for example, if you're doing a historical fiction unit, it's great to put kids into book clubs to talk. Um, ideally, they would read the same book, but if not, you can have kids um, just putting them into partnerships and still discussing their historical fiction books, even if it is not the same book. Okay, it's a little you have to be a little bit more creative here, but it can be done. Um, so do you grade their discussions? I say sometimes yes and sometimes no. I don't think it's practical to grade every single discussion. Maybe you want to do one for the unit because you'll probably have kids discussing, I would say about four times within a unit. So maybe you want to pick one for that you're going to grade. So how do you discuss it? Well, how do you grade it? I mean, so what you would do is you would have your kids discuss and then jot down a few key points into some kind of a document. I love using a Jamboard for this because kids can work on them simultaneously. It's also fine to do a shared Google document, and it's also perfectly fine to just use good old-fashioned paper and pencil, okay? So let me give you an example. I, I would definitely not have them write down everything they talked about, just a few key points. So let's say that the discussion question is, What is a possible symbol for the seashell in Number the Stars? They could briefly jot some ideas, maybe one or two. And the idea is just to hold them accountable with the least amount of writing for them and the least amount for you to grade. Again, I would keep this grade in a lower category. So do give it some thought, but the key takeaway here is don't try to grade every discussion because you really want to be in on that discussion with them. And if you do grade it, have them hand something in that you can kind of look at without having them write down every single thing they talked about. Okay, and the last category are final assessment pieces. So there's so many different ways to assess kids at the end of a reading unit. And I do like to mix it up a bit on my reading units and do things differently. And what you're going to choose will of course depend on your philosophy and your district's philosophy and your goals for your students. But I have three different ways that I assess kids reading at the end of a unit. So the first one is what I call a cold read assessment. So this means I'm going to give my students a short story or article from the same genre to read on the day of the test with questions about this short story or article that is new to them. So for example, in my historical fiction unit, I do a cold read of a short story called The Little Ships. It's uh, by Louise Borden, and it's about the rescue at Dunkirk. And a cold read means that this is a new story to them. We have not read it at, le- at in class, so if they've read it elsewhere, I would be pretty surprised, But At least I know that I haven't gone over it with them and read it with them. It is not the mentor text that we use. That's something completely different. So on the day of the test, the kids would read the story and answer the questions about the story that are based on the skills that I taught in the unit. So for example, in my historical fiction unit, some of the skills that I teach are the importance of setting, symbolism, minor character, and theme. So I will have questions related to those skills for the short story of The Little Ships. I do provide a study guide for my students. My study guides, though, are usually interactive, which means that the students do the work. So I might give them a sheet that has a list of terms that they need to focus on, such as setting, symbolism, and theme, and they would fill in the notes. This way, they are prepared with what they need to know so that they can apply it to this cold read. Now, please note that this can and should be modified at times. I have special ed students um, in class resource in my room, and they do what we call a warm read, which means they get the story a couple of days in advance so that they have time to process. And during the pandemic, quite frankly, everybody did a warm read because it was just too stressful and I needed to modify. So whichever way you do it, this is a great way to see if kids are applying skills to a new piece of reading. Okay. Another way to do a final assessment is a writing piece. Okay. As an FYI though, I do not do a formal essay for this. Um, I would use that as a separate writing unit. So for example, for me, the writing unit that follows a historical fiction reading unit is a literary essay on theme. So I don't typically count this as an assessment for reading because it's really assessing their writing at this point. Okay. Um, It's, it's just not, it's, You should not use it as an assessment of the student's reading ability. But there are different writing pieces that you could do. Um, I'll give you some examples. I might have them create a slideshow about the plot line and they would have to do, for example, a slide on the exposition, a couple of slides on the rising action, the climax, etc. And they kind of like that it's a little bit more creative and they enjoy it better obviously than an essay and this way the writing part is really minimal and they can use visuals as well and they can use bullet point writing and it's just not as high stakes for them in their mind as writing an essay Um, i've also had them create a plot to the sequel of the novel even if one doesn't exist hopefully one doesn't exist because i would want them to get creative with that Um, Another thing that they can do is they can create a scene of the climax of the book. So when I say scene, I mean like acting it out and creating like a playwright would do, okay? Um, They write it in a way that you would write for a play and then they could present it. Um, And you can get creative here with what you assign As a writing piece, but just make sure that it is not too formal, because then it becomes an assessment of writing rather than an assessment of reading. Okay. The last way that the last uh, example that I have for you to assess a reader's workshop as a final assessment is to give them a choice board. I really do love doing choice boards. I'm a big believer in student choice. Um, So what you can do is you can create, I mean, you don't have to be fancy with it. I have some pretty fancy choice boards in my TPT store, but you don't need to do that. You can just give them a bunch of activities from which they can select. Okay. Um, Let me give you an example. I teach a unit, a reading unit on social issues, which is a fiction unit where characters are faced with social issues such as maybe homelessness or discrimination or something like that. And at the end, I give kids a choice board. I usually give them about five selections. Okay, I would say between three and five are plenty. Okay, some ideas or create a playlist for the main character, or create a visual scene of the main setting, have the character write a letter to someone of significance and things like that. So it's kind of a nice creative flair for the kids. Um, I would caution you though to be very specific with what you want students to accomplish in each of these activities. For example, if you want to give them the playlist idea You can't just write, create a playlist. Um, Here's how I would do this one. I would tell them how many songs to include. I would tell them to give a link to the song, to write who the artist is, to explain why they picked each of these songs in three to five sentences, and to pick one line from each song that really gets to the heart of the matter and why they chose it for that character. And then this way you can create a checklist style rubric that will help the students know exactly what they need to do. And as a bonus, you can use it as a checklist when you grade that will move your grading along very quickly. Okay, so that's a lot that we talked about. Assessment is a tough thing, but as you get used to it, and as you start getting creative with your ideas, it becomes less drudgery, I promise you. So today we talked about grading reading notebooks, group discussions, and final assessment pieces such as a cold read, a writing piece and a choice board. Alright, so don't forget to grab your freebies at the end, I have a reader's notebook activities um, that are a sample of a product that I have, I think that They will be very helpful to you and your students in their reader's notebook. Okay, and this is the last, like I said, this is the last of our reading workshop mini-series. I hope that you found it informative. Um, Don't forget to backtrack and listen to any episodes that you've missed. And next week, we're going to begin a mini-series on creating effective teacher observation lessons. Yes, being observed can be daunting. I'm hopeful that these tips will help you in giving you more confidence for when you are observed. But if you really think about it, it's basically a podcast series on having effective lessons at any time, because after all, that's our goal as teachers, right? But we all know that observations carry a lot of weight for us as educators. And sometimes they can determine our future. So I really wanted to give you some really good ideas from from somebody like me who has had a lot of experience and has had a lot of good uh, feedback in my observations. I feel like I have a lot to offer you in this area and some very practical ideas that you can implement. Before you go, I want to take a moment to cordially invite you to join my Facebook group. It really is brand new and the teachers who joined are engaged and have great tips. If you're new, you're going to find that this is a great place to get inspiration and ask your questions. And if you are a veteran teacher, you're going to be surprised at some of the ideas that you've never considered. And I'll leave a link to that in the show notes as well. I hope this information was helpful. Be sure to check the links that I mentioned in the show notes. My email is available there as well in case you have questions or comments. You can also DM me on Instagram at All in One Middle School. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.